female icons in the horror genre have grown over the years, but it seemed like they really started becoming more celebrated in the 80s, with the final girl trope becoming the staple of the genre it is today. But one of the true standouts in the genre is a woman who's comfortable as not only the hero role, but also can step into the shoes of the monster without batting a perfectly mascared lash. And the icon we're talking about on this episode of What the F*** Happened to This Horror Celebrity is able to do exactly that. Her name is Barbara Crampton, and she's without a doubt a queen of the horror scene. From dealing with Randy's severed heads to becoming a blood-drinking bombshell, Barbara Crampton has built up the library of the macabre with a legion of fans who love her. So get ready to make room for the wife as we find out what the f*** happened to Barbara Crampton. I want to thank you guys for watching Where in the Horror Are They Now? And ask that if you enjoy our shows, please subscribe to our channel, like this video, and click on the bell so you can be notified each time a new video goes up. And now back to the show. Barbara Crampton was born on December 27, 1958 in New York. Her father worked with the carnival circuit, and as a child, Barbara would go with him during her summers not attending school. Growing up in Vermont, she attended college at Castleton State College. No castle freak jokes, please. At least not yet. Catching the acting bug in high school, Barbara graduated with a major in theater arts. Barbara headed out to LA and started acting in the classic soap opera Days of Our Lives and started getting roles in various TV projects as well as the feature film Body Double in 1984. But it was the following year that she'd land a role in a project that would change her life and the entire horror genre forever. Reanimator brought H.P. Lovecraft home for many who may not have heard of the author and his twisted, dark world of horror, but for the decades after it hit big and small screens over the world, the genre would see the name grow in the hearts and slowly lose insanity minds of fans. Stuart Gordon and Brian Eusner's masterpiece would mesh together a little-known group of stories about a scientist named Herbert West who brought to life the dead in his never-ending quest to defeat death. In this version, set in modern times at Miskatonic University, Herbert, played by the also legendary Jeffrey Combs, moves in with Dan Kane, played by Bruce Abbott. Dan's girlfriend, Megan, is also the Dean's daughter and the secret object of desire of the university's star teacher, Dr. Carl Hill, who was brought to sinister life by David Gale. Barbara got the role of Megan in the second go-round of auditions after the first actress who got the role backed out due to certain things that happened in the movie. Specifically, her mother read the script and emphatically told her no, she would not be doing that part. Megan Halsey is played by Barbara as a dose of grounded reality within the wacky film that's filled with blood, dark humor, and pure, twisted insanity. Stuart Gordon's vision was unleashed on screen with the film, and Dan and Megan's doomed romance brings a sweetheart to the crazy. Of course, everyone wants to talk about that scene, but I think it's more important to comment on the fact that in a movie with a severed head walking around with its body carrying it in a bag, giant intestines that explode out of torsos to strangle people, that everyone, including Crampton, played this movie seriously and gave some fantastic performances. So much so that Stuart Gordon was, according to the actor's commentary, furious at the amount of snot from Bruce Abbott because he was crying so hard during the scenes of Crampton's Megan dying. Reanimator has gone on to become a legendary film in the annals of horror, and the movie opened the door for Barbara Crampton's work with Gordon to continue, seeing her reunite with co-star Jeffrey Combs for more than a few times. The following year, Barbara would co-star in two fan favorites, Chopping Mall and From Beyond. Chopping Mall is possibly the most 80s horror film you will find in the era, taking place in said mall 
following some killer robots who are one by one offing the teenagers who picked a bad night to party in the closed shopping center. From Beyond was Barbara's second collaboration with Stuart Gordon and Jeffrey Holmes. It would also be another story taken from the works of H.P. Lovecraft. In this film, Barbara plays Dr. Catherine McMichaels, who is brought in to treat the accused murderer, Dr. Crawford Tillingus, who has been arrested and brought to a psychiatric hospital after the headless body of his partner, Dr. Pretorius, is found in their creepy castle-like home. It's there that they've been experimenting with a device called the Resonator, something that will open the portals within the human mind and allow us to see beyond normal human limits. As you can imagine, this doesn't go well for anyone involved. Crampton's role is of a reserved woman out to control her emotions because of her own personal history with madness. As the film proceeds, we see the effects of the resonator on Catherine as it awakens another side to her and also transforms Crawford into something else beyond human. It should be noted here that Barbara Crampton did her own screaming for Reanimator and in From Beyond, she delivers a great final manic laugh too. From Beyond and Reanimator are both really fearless movies when it comes to the subjects they are talking about. And Gordon and company don't shy away from the gore or the more disturbing side of our psyches, and that's something he would delve into throughout his career. In 1988, Gordon, Crampton, Combs, and David Gale teamed up again for the lost film Pulse Pounders in a segment called The Evil Clergyman, another H.P. Lovecraft adaptation. As I said, this project had been considered lost for years, but a work print of The Evil Clergyman was found in 2011 and was restored and released on DVD. The segment has Combs as the titled Evil Clergyman, who was Crampton lover who killed himself in the house that she returns to. Crampton's Mrs. Brady finds out some disturbing truths about her dead paramour, not only from those she meets, but by his ghost who returns, and the human-faced rat which he apparently created in his spare time. Much like Gordon's previous Lovecraft works, The Evil Clergyman is filled with twisted horrors and a heavy dose of sexuality, and the ending is not one you'd expect. Barbara would be a part of a number of Full Moon productions through the 90s, including Trancers 2 and Robot Wars. This would lead to another horror project with Stuart Gordon and Jeffrey Combs, yet again tackling some dark subjects with some hideous monsters with Castle Freak in 1995. In this film, Barbara and Jeffrey are a married couple dealing with a terrible accident that killed their young son and blinded their daughter. After inheriting a castle, the troubled family moves in and discovers... Well, the title character is alive and stalking inside the walls of their new home. Castle Freak is a fantastic film and has some amazing performances throughout, including Jonathan Fuller as the Castle Freak. Crampton and Combs, though, shine in this, as the couple having to come to terms with their own personal tragedies. The metaphor of the ugly monster hiding behind the walls of a family home is strong here and works beautifully. In 2020, Barbara would actually produce a remake of the film. Barbara would team up again with Stewart in 1996 for Space Truckers, a sci-fi comedy about space truckers that would star Stephen Dorff and Dennis Hopper. She continued working in various TV and film projects throughout the rest of the 90s and early 2000s, when in 2011, she was approached specifically to star as the matriarch Aubrey Davison in the Adam Weingard mega horror hit You're Next, a movie that surprised audiences and critics alike. Crampton told Entertainment Weekly she was shocked and didn't believe the filmmakers asked for her specifically and kept asking if they wanted her to audition. Her agent basically told her, do you want the part or not? 
She did, and the film would go on to make 26 times its budget back at the box office. The experience would lead Crampton to go back into acting more. She said, even before the movie went to the Toronto Film Festival and did so well and got bought by a bidding war, I knew that I wanted to come back to the genre because of the experience that I had on that film. I said to my agent, thank you for not dropping me. I want to get back into the business. Could you please look for some more roles for me? This would lead to a renaissance for Barbara and a return to horror royalty with a number of film roles in movies like Rob Zombie's Lords of Salem and the eerie slow burner, no pun intended, We Are Still Here, which co-starred Larry Fessenden. The film is a favorite of many and an effective ghost story with one hell of an ending. In 2015, Crampton would star and executive produce the indie shocker Road Games, a film that's a twisting and turning horror flick that you won't see coming until it stabs you. The following year, Barber would star and produce the homage to VHS and VHS board games Beyond the Gates. At first, the film was only to be a producer role for Barbara, but after the original actress's scenes for the role of Evelyn, the game host, didn't work out, Barbara stepped into the part and it worked like a dream. Or a nightmare might be more apt. In 2017, Barbara joined the cast of the horror movie Expendables, Death House, which was co-written by Leatherface himself, Gunnar Hansen. The film would co-star horror legends like Tony Todd, Sid Haig, Kane Hodder, and Dee Wallace, just to name a few. In 2021, though, Barbara helped bring to life a new take on an old monster in one of my favorite films she's ever done. Jacob's Wife was produced by Barbara and starred her in the title role of a woman stuck in a marriage and a life that hasn't turned out quite the way she expected. Anne's husband Jacob is the town pastor, and Anne slowly realizes her life is in a rut as she's hit middle age. A chance encounter with a vampire changes everything, including Anne herself. Jacob's Wife is a darkly funny, and biting, pun intended, commentary on women of a certain age and why we shouldn't underestimate them. It also shows Crampton looking amazing and dangerous as a character and actor not to be taken for granted. It's a great performance in film that quickly became one of the year's most talked about horror movies. Fun fact, Bonnie Ahrens, who brought to life The Nun, plays the vampire master in the film. Barbara Crampton has not stopped working, and while appearing in new projects such as the Fantastic Creepshow series, she continues to star in upcoming horror films that bridge comedy as well as commentary. Superhost takes on the social influencer craze as well as the darker side of Airbnb-type arrangements. It hit Shudder in September of last year. The upcoming rich-centric horror comedy King Knight, co-starring Matthew Gray Goobler and Ray Weiss, is directed by Richard Bates Jr. Barbara Crampton has continued to grow, not only as an actress, but an icon. Last year, she actually stepped into the likeness and shoes of some fellow horror icons for a pictorial called Divas of Darkness. This included her transforming into The Bride of Frankenstein, Wednesday Addams, and a shockingly clone like Elvira. Barbara Crampton has not slowed down in the least and seems as ageless as a vampire should. She continues to make amazing films and has struck her mark deeply into the genre, producing, writing, and acting in roles that buck the conventional, although she does go to conventions, and shows us that women in horror can get just as bloody as everyone else and look fantastic doing it. I am doing fantastic, Barbara. Oh my gosh, you look amazing. Uh, oh. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I am thank you. so excited. So I uh, I saw Alone With You and uh, I have questions about that. I have questions about your career. I know I don't have you for very long, but wow, that movie and your performance, I had flashbacks to my own family. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Sorry. So no, oh. <laughs> you, you were perfect. So 
first off, I, I want to ask you, because um, you've been working in this industry since the VHS boom and independent films coming out um, really start and, and then when they really started taking off. Can you talk about the evolution of that and how it's helped you as an artist and other artists in the genre and and, and entertainment and, uh, you know, all, all around? I, I mean, I feel like uh, I've, I've been working with emerging filmmakers for my 40 years of my career, you know, starting with Stuart Gordon. And um, I think that working in the horror genre, uh, in independent cinema and horror cinema, it's just, it's, it's a, um, there's a foundation of giving a, a director uh, the license to, to make the movies that they want to make. It's, it's independent and you don't have a lot of executives breathing down your neck and telling you, you know, we need this or we need that. It's, it's not, you know, it's not a studio movie. I mean, I've worked on a few studio movies, but not very many. So I've mostly worked with people that are forging their own way and trying to tell their own stories with their own voices and trying to, um, sort of curate their own voices. So I, I feel like, this is what I've been doing forever. Um, and it's my pleasure and, and really my privilege to, to work for these filmmakers that are, are emerging and, and trying to find their voice. And some of them really do well, like Stuart Gordon. Um, you know, he forged his own way and told stories in the way that he wanted to, and he was recognized for it. And then we have Adam Wingard, who also did the same. And most of the people that were associated with that film have really gone on to have extraordinary careers, a lot of them. And many of those people that did really um, were very good filmmakers, very good storytellers, and had an authentic voice in telling their stories. And then, you know, I, you move into today and for the past 10 years, I've had the opportunity to work on a lot of different films with a lot of emerging filmmakers. And then I look at somebody like Brandon Christensen, who I worked on Superhost with, and he did Z and Stillborn. And I feel like he's one of those people and you know, worked with Colin Minahan, who's also forging his own way. And then you come to uh, people like Ricky Bates Jr., who I just did um, King Knight with, and, and Emily and Justin, who really are new, new people, right? Um, and they're just starting out. And uh, I was attracted to this project because a casting director who I trust um, suggested it to me. And, and Andrew Corkin was working on it as a producer and I like the movies that he's done. And uh, Theo James is his partner. And of course he's a fantastic actor has been in a lot of really cool movies. And I read the script for this and I thought, well, this has um, a, an authentic voice to it, you know, the story. And when I read the script, I really didn't know where it was going. I, I knew what it was doing, but I didn't know what it, where it was going and what was gonna be the outcome and what, what was at the center of this woman's unhappiness and unease and dread and, 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 and sense of isolation and loss and fear. I didn't know where it came from and where the story went was very surprising to me. Exactly. And yeah. yeah. And, um, and so, you know, I, I take a chance with a lot of 
these people, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm just not sure, but I, I felt like, especially with this script, I really liked the script. I liked the people that they had surrounded them with to help them make the film. And, uh, and I liked my character and really liked speaking with them. And I knew they were co-directing it together. And so it felt, it felt like a good project to do. And, you know, it's, 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 it's really been, um, it's really been wonderful to see it out on the festival circuit and doing so well. And they're getting a lot of accolades for their work. And, you know, I, I think they're a wonderful dynamic duo with, with strong, authentic voices. So, you know, I, I think we'll be seeing more of them, you know, like oh, some yeah. of these other people I've worked with. Well, and I, I loved with, with this film in particular, it, it was condensed to just one person on screen the entire time for the most part. And yeah. one place and being able to mm -hmm. create a sense of dread and a sense of terror in a setting like that is pretty phenomenal and hard yeah. to do. So right? bravo yeah. on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they did a great job. So uh, my other question for you is, as a woman, you've been more, you know, in the horror genre, you've been a great inspiration, um, kind of along the lines of Emily in this as well. You've, you, you've produced films, you've made films, you know, behind and in front of the camera. Can you talk about how the industry has changed for you over the years and, and how, you know, one and, and letting you tell the stories you want to tell like my probably my favorite film i think you may have usurped that you've done with reanimator with jacob's wife i <laughs> i absolutely love that movie and it was so great can you talk about how it's how this uh how the evolution of women in the industry has been for you mm -hmm. yeah i think um yeah in the early part of my career not just being a woman, but just being an actor, I think that most people, even directors, writers, editors, everybody stayed in their lane. You just did your one thing, you know, nobody asked my opinion on anything. I got cast in something and, you know, I, I would just do my, my own part, but I, what I see now, uh, and like some of the, the creators that we're talking about, they kind of do it all. You know, uh, Adam Wingard would, would, we had a great cinematographer, um, Andrew Palermo on your next, but there was times when he would grab the camera from him, from him and say, let me film this right now. I, I'm seeing something that I want to do. And so Andrew would go, okay. Um, and, um, you know, uh, Brandon Christensen is also um, somebody who learned how to do his own vfx so that because he didn't have a lot of money to to hire somebody so he learned how to do his own um and then he he put them in the movies that that he's been a part of and so i'm seeing a growth with just you know people doing all different kinds of things in in terms of you know putting a piece together amy simons was an actor in your next but she went on to be a writer and um, she directed a movie a couple of years ago. Uh, she she made a lot of money from one project and she said, I'm just gonna make my own movie. I'm gonna fund it myself because I'm gonna make it the way I wanna make it. And now she's working on an Amazon show as a showrunner. And so, you know, I mean, um, so we're all getting, we all have the opportunities now because it's available to us to learn how to do everything. 
And that's kind of what I tell young filmmakers, male or female, just learn how to do it yourself and make, make movies with your friends. I mean, that's what a lot of people, the success, I think the more successful people that are coming up in this way as an independent person and trying to get the attention of maybe the studios to get more money to make bigger projects, they're kind of doing it on their own. And as far as women in specific coming up, um, I do think that there's more opportunities than there ever happened for women. And we still have a long way to go, but there's definitely stories that are written with uh, more female protagonists than ever before. It used to be skewed 75% male, 25% female. And now I think it's a little bit better, but I do think, you know, uh, I was, I wouldn't have been able to tell a story like Jacob's wife producing this myself, putting myself in as the star of the movie, you know, uh, it was kind of like my Rocky in a way, you know, <laughs> exactly. uh, I wouldn't have been able to do that as a woman, probably 40 years ago when I started in the business, but, but now because of the body of work that I've done, people, uh, were a little bit more, um, open to, to me wanting to tell a story about a woman, you know, that was sort of in a way similar to myself, you know, um, and I do see more women uh, and friends of mine like Axel Carolyn and Bria Grant being given opportunities to direct movies now where I don't think they would have been able to, it would have been harder. It, you know, it's been a man's world for a long time and still in many ways it is. And uh, we keep having to push our way in there and show up and do good work. And um, I, I think I think women are proving themselves to be just as capable as the men. And, you know, uh, I think as soon as we can sort of forget those gender identities and just, you know, um, be recognized for the good work that we're doing, then that's just gonna benefit us all. But I, I do think the playing field is much more level than it's ever been. And, and surprising to me. And, and I'm grateful for that. It's amazing. And I'm so happy uh, that you are you kind of just blown up again. And I love it. I love seeing you in projects. You're just one of my favorite horror goddesses, basically. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, your your Elvira pictorial was um, uh. I you were like a clone. <laughs> so fun. So I mean, I'm a, such a fan of Cassandra. And I have a very good friend who's a makeup artist and a really great friend of mine who's been photographing me for 40 years and they wanted to work on this project together and they said, do you want to do this? And I said, oh my God, it would be such an honor to play all these iconic characters great. Um, um, through the years. Yeah. Um, so I, I know I'm about to lose you, but I had one question that kind of combines everything that you've been working on here. And that is, uh, especially with um, Alone With You and with Jacob's Wife, I love using the horror genre as a metaphor for something more, something to talk to about things that, mo you know, may be uncomfortable or sneak in, um, you know, through the subconscious, you know, what we're talking about. And mm -hmm. with this film, I really loved how it, it talked to insecurity, isolation, self-doubt, and, uh, you know, how it can eat us up alive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, can you talk about using the genre and the stories to kind of talk about these things like you did with this film and the others that you've done? Mm -hmm. Well, the main component of a horror film that's really different from any other genre is fear. 
and how we face our fears. And I think more than any other genre, I think the horror genre allows us to uh, look fear right in the face. And you're either going to run from it, like people do in a lot of horror films, or you're going to face it and you're going to come out the other side. And the horror genre is really one that is about being as powerful as you can as a person and conquering your fears, but also having great empathy to understand why the world is like this. Why do we have these feelings? Why do we have these fears? Where does this come from? So uh, it, in so many ways, it's the most base of all the human emotions that we have. And I don't know of any other genre that deals with that. And I've seen it over the pandemic so much so. And if you're active on Twitter, you see how really destroyed and distraught people are. Yeah. And they walk around with that a lot and it comes out every once in a while and people talk about it, you know, on Twitter, but um, we're walking around with that even without a pandemic most of the time. And we have to give people an outlet to be able to express that and to see themselves in other situations that they can say, oh, I see that person is struggling with the same kinds of things that I'm struggling with. If they can overcome it, maybe I can too. So you know, the horror genre is like a mirror for our own fears and being able to, to tap into that and being able to understand it and empathize with it and being able to go on despite what's really happening. So, right. yeah. So that's why I really love the horror genre more than any other genre. Truth. Well, yeah. Barbara, thank you so, so much. And I am just so happy that you continued to work and you came back to the, to us and in, in, uh, with your next, and it just, you. you know, thank you so much for, thank for you, doing Justin. what you've done. And, uh, uh, thank you again for, um, setting this up. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Yeah. And I will talk to you hopefully soon. Thank bye -bye. you. Okay. Bye. Thank you for watching our show. If you like what you see, please subscribe to our Joe Blow videos channel. Tell your friends who like this sort of content and turn on the bell to receive notifications for all of our latest videos. We're an independent company and we appreciate all of your support.